Are you looking to buy or sell real estate? You've got questions. We've got answers. Welcome to the show. It's going to be great. Featuring Matt and Jen from Home Team For You. And now, without further ado, it's Matt and Jen. Hello. 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 All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about uh, the buyer consultation or buyer orientation. But first, I'd like to introduce Luke, who is uh, in studio with us today. Tell us what's going on, Luke. Well, first, I'd like to say, um, honestly, <laughs> I have no idea what warranted a third appearance on the show, but <laughs> glad to be here as always. Glad to participate. Yeah, We just want to see if you knew me. who Dolly Parton was again. And you succeeded in proving that I did. Do not. <laughs> yeah, all you, you guys missed it, but in our... Um, Pre warm up that we did, we were listening to some Dolly Parton, and uh, Mr. Luke could not identify the exact <laughs> the same, same song. song. Hey, here we go with the Dolly Parton shame <laughs> show. I understand. <laughs> I'm uncultured. It's fine. It's okay. It's the shame show. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Welcome we were, to the shame show. We were going to do a little bit of that, but uh, we still love you, Luke. Thank you. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So does Dolly. Yeah, thank you, Dolly. Dolly appreciates you. (laughs) You're a very forgiving person after all. Yeah, uh, (laughs) being real, y'all. He actually asked, "Is she like a singer and an actress?" (laughs) I still don't think that's a dumb question. (laughs) Totally not. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. Yes, she is. Okay, that is correct. You, you've got this now. Have you ever seen? She like a Christmas show, doesn't she? Or did she? She did. It's on Netflix. All right, Luke. So we're going to have to that's, that's your my assignment. homework. That's your homework. Mm-hmm. Dolly Parton Christmas show. <laughs> yes. Yes. I have to wait until Christmas because I no. refuse to watch any Christmas related <laughs> movies or TV shows. Except this Christmas one. Time. Okay. I'll make an exception because it's very important. <laughs> it's very important for you to come into the office again. <laughs> next time. Next time. I, <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, okay, got Luke's got office <laughs> is now completely decorated in Dolly Parton gear. <laughs> That might happen. One day I'm going to walk oh, into awesome. my cubicle and there's going to be a Dolly Parton, just a picture of her sitting there. And what do you mean one day? We're just, uh, we'll start putting stuff up like little pictures of typewriters <laughs> and then they can be like big fingernails like Dolly and then like big blonde wigs. Yeah, I might turn into a Dolly Parton super fan, to be honest. We'll see. I feel this coming. <laughs> yeah, there's a... Speaking of into There's a big community of them uh, out there. Obvi- yeah. Basically yeah. the South. <laughs> yeah. it's, it, that's for real. Yeah. All right, so should we get back to some good stuff here? What about interest rates? What are you guys seeing? Still low. They're low. They're going to go up. So so low. Probably. Well, what do um, low interest rates, like what does that really mean to a client? If we say, I mean, they're low, they're high. They've been low for a really long time. So what? What does it matter? I know. (laughs) I know. But I'll tell you the, from from a perspective of someone that's trying to buy mm-hmm. right now, I, I'm conflicted, right? They, I hear low interest rates, low interest rates, but then you also hear housing prices are out of control. They're super high prices. So it's like you get this low interest rate, but how much does that make a, a difference compared to the increase in appreciation of, of how much homes are going up? I have a hard time personally putting context to what a low interest rate actually means. As far as you could probably payment. figure that out. Yeah, well, I mean, just to give you a little bit of perspective, like take a three hundred thousand dollar home. I got my Zillow calculator pulled up here, but you know your Zestimator. My Zestimator, very yeah. handy, very nice. handy. <laughs> Most used app probably. But anyways, uh like two point seven five percent interest rate as opposed to say 
So just a 0.25% difference on a $3,000 home with a 20% down payment. And that's, you know, so with 3%, you'll be paying 1012 a month in principal and interest. Take that down, 0.25%. And so you're paying 980 So if you look at it from a month-to-month perspective. It's a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. So even if you think about the rates went up to where they were, you know, a few years ago, so put in a five. Mm-hmm. Five, you know, instead of a 2.75. Yeah, so 2.75, 9.80 going up to five. And now you're looking at 1,288. Yeah, so that's then a big you number. It's a couple hundred bucks each month. Wow. So definitely so matters. It matters. And over the course of a 30 year loan, uh, and that's, that's three, a lot of money. That was on 300,000? That's on 300,000, yep. Mm-hmm. So even with house, house prices going up, appreciating dramatically this year, that. I wonder how much of that makes a difference on what you can get as far as how much house compared to how much the interest rates are. You know what I'm saying? Well, you just have more buying power with the interest rates lower, so you're able to that could be That could be one of the determining factors that slow the market down, too. So if the interest rates do jump back up to 5%, then people can't pay as much for the house, which may bring down the cost of the house and the demand. Because mm-hmm. just in over our career, I mean, rates have kind of been all over the place. When we started, every offer basically said like seven. Mm-hmm. Seven was just what you put on every offer. And um, we got used to that. And then rates started to tick up. And I think they got up into Eight. the eights. Yeah. So when rates are at four, five, six, seven. I'm like, oh, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. But it's perspective. And mm-hmm. I know there are people who were in real estate or in the market in the 80s when the rates were really high and you were talking 12% on up. And uh, so they just kind of laugh at us when we're like, oh, you know. That was back yeah, when they were me. taking the farms back because mm-hmm. the interest rates went up. I, just, I have absolutely no perspective on that because as long as I've been in the, the industry, alive. They've, they've been alive. <laughs> they've been pretty, pretty stagnant, so. Mm-hmm. But when rates go up, we would notice that it would slow down a little bit because everybody would kind of freak and they'd be sad because they were like, oh, I missed the rate. But then you give it a month or two, then people would sort of just get over it and, and things would continue on. But there would always kind of be this little lag where people would have this grieving period of, <laughs> oh, I missed the good rate. So, And then they realize they're still looking for a house. Yeah, they're still looking for a house. It's housing. Jump on it. It's not that high. So they are going to go up, but when are of they going to go up? Are, uh, is that an of course? Hmm? Is it possible we're in like a new paradigm? They just never go up? I'm just throwing numbers and words out there. I don't really know. Paradigm? That's that your number. That's what you're throwing out. That's the big. That's the biggest that's word the big of the podcast. What Pee Wee Herman didn't he have like a magic word of his episode? The word of the day. Yeah. <laughs> woo woo woo. <laughs> no. And turn his mic off. Oh wait, you run the board. <laughs> this is my show. <laughs> so yes, rates probably will go up. Mm-hmm. You can't sustain this this low of a rate for this long. Right, but the way that the market works, things usually kind of tick up slowly because if it just jumps really high, really fast, it will f- freak a lot of things out. Mm-hmm. So that's something to be avoided. And I think that 
they definitely try and avoid that. So earlier, a, a minute ago, you were saying that when interest rates go, when interest rates are high, or when interest rates go low, prices go higher for homes. Mm-hmm. So is it the same reverse? If interest rates go up, house prices go down? It's it, meaning if somebody buys a house today at a high price, in a few years when interest rates change, is their house now going to be, I guess, I don't know if underwater is the right term, but like it's going to be worth less if they tried to sell it? It just changes the demand. So you'll typically have more supply, which means that you're not going to have people clamoring to get into the house. But if it's years down the road or a couple years down the road, you've built equity, so it likely will even out in most cases. That's what we're talking about, the fluctuation of interest rates, too. So over time, I mean, you're not, you can't think of a house as a short-term investment. It's a longer-term investment, and you just ride the waves. Mm Mm-hmm. Big fan of waves. Ride the waves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, because interest rates are low, everyone wants to borrow. And when everyone wants to borrow, everyone wants to buy. So that's just going to drive the prices up. And that makes sense. So ride that wave, Jacob. Ride the wave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to get on the wave first, and then you ride it. <laughs> they can't no. see you making the wave dance on the podcast, Jacob. For those of you listening, I'm pretending to be on a surfboard. <laughs> but I'm honestly still on the beach right now, just trying to stand on the board. <laughs> trying to get your, you dip your toes in the water. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. <laughs> That's where that came from. So um, anything else you guys want to talk about interest rates, or should we kind of switch topics over to lumber and what's going on? <laughs> Let's talk lumber. <laughs> well, Let's talk lumber. It kind of brings in what's going on with you, because you're thinking of building, and right now lumber costs are higher. So it's like probably pushing your budget a little bit i would guess yes i think it is however i'll also say just be totally honest uh the numbers the price of a home since i'm a first-time home buyer they're just so big that i can't wrap my head around the difference between 300 and 450 as far as a house like these numbers are just numbers to me they're just huge uh so it's hard to put it in context however found a fun little graphic that I thought I'd share, mm-hmm. which the listeners can't hear, so we'll have or to explain see. it. Um, so I found this graphic that basically shows that $50,000 worth of lumber one year ago could have purchased or could have built 10 houses, 10 and, and a 20th of a house, so it's 10 houses. Today, that $50,000 worth of lumber can build two houses. I mean, that's... That's crazy as far as a uh, increase in a, you know, what you would think is should be a pretty flat-lined asset shouldn't shouldn't you know, or commodity, not asset. I think we were flipping houses in the what probably seven, eight, nine years ago, and I think I remember the two by fours being like a buck seventy nine, buck eighty somewhere in there, and now I think they're over nine, but nine dollars for a two by four. What makes lumber so volatile? Because like as Jacob said, you'd think it'd be kind of like a consistent consistently priced asset like what what's driving that supply and demand that's a lot it's of gotta, lot it's of gotta demand. be a little let's, bit let's more simplify it yeah. and mic drop that's what it is yes, no more done. Mic drops. number of trees <laughs> wasn't it the fires in canada yeah it's the it's the fires well what what i've been reading because i'm trying to figure it out myself so that i could have something educated to say on the podcast which i don't but i'm i think it has they say it's COVID-related. Um, How could trees be COVID-related? Was it related? just that people weren't able to 
um, process the trees, cut the trees down. They were just too, they had to just stop doing it or what? I think, I think maybe some of that, but I also think it, the, there's just been such a huge demand, uh, for homes to building. be, yeah, to, to buy or build. People just want to buy houses right now. It's, they say it's the millennials that are finding their thing. And it, you know, if you think about it and I'm kind of in this position too, you know, a whole year of not, you know, frivolously spending your money on fun stuff, <laughs> just being hunkered down and doing nothing. Yeah. There could be a lot of people out there that have a lot of money and they're restless and they want to spend it on something. And what do you spend your money on? You spend it on buying a house. So there could just be this huge surge that not, not necessarily like lumber, you know, lumberjacks can hack down trees fast enough, but it's mm-hmm. more like. They don't hack down trees. You know that, right? I, I don't know. There's a machine. Chop them. Machine comes through and clips them. Yeah. Not the real lumberjacks. Yeah. Don't you They're know Paul Bunyan? Paul Bunyan? Paul Bunyan. Paul Bunyan. That's actually. He, see, yeah. he has COVID. That's the problem. Ah, th- this solves everything. <laughs> the lumber prices are high because Paul <laughs> Bunyan <laughs> has COVID. So All the right. cost, I just looked up the cost for two by four by eight, $10.67. Mm. That's well, ridiculous. But so I'll d- buy a during one COVID, piece of wood house. Yeah. A lot of people Magic were sticks. probably doing home repairs, so they kept the demand up by people like finishing their basements or doing projects, and then everybody now wants to build, so it's just kind of put a strain on the system. And from everything I'm hearing, the strain is not going to relieve anytime soon. I mean, supposedly, according to the experts, I don't know any of this, that it's just going to get more and more intense. Um, by now. I was talking. I was... I was talking. I was talking to a lender today about uh, building a home, and he was basically saying, "If you're going to build a home, you want to do a turnkey solution. You want to do something where uh, the builder kind of sets the price in the the beginning, and you locked it in, and you're good to go. Because uh, if you do it kind of the normal way with the construction loan and everything, the volatility of the market, you can be." Um, your house can end up costing way more than you thought it was going to be when you first started um, months prior. So it's a it's an interesting time. I don't know. I, I don't have enough experience to know if this has been something that's happened in the past that people have dealt with and, and how it's panned out. But it seems pretty kind of like in a pretty extreme scenario. But it's not any cheaper to buy an existing house because the supply at the, co- the cost of what a new construction is is just above probably whatever market value is for an existing home. So you're not gaining a whole lot by buying existing. Now, this could be just a sales guy. Uh, <laughs> so what I'm about to say... Are you talking about me? No, no, no. Oh, okay, thank no, you. What no, uh, what I'm about to say may not be true. Fact check it. But according to uh, one of the builders that I've been speaking with, they said that for the first time ever, it actually switched and building a home is actually uh, slightly cheaper on average than buying a house. I don't know if how true that is, but... It's definitely be. something to fact check. Yeah. <laughs> he said it. Fact checkers. Yeah. But those sales guys. Those sales guys. You know. Was he was just... like, okay, prove me wrong, kid. Yeah. I'm like, uh-huh. I'll say it on a podcast now. <laughs> the sales guy told me. Yeah. I heard it. I heard it from a TikTok truck driver. <laughs> so what is pushing you to want to build instead of purchase uh, existing? A um, couple things. First off, just my life background and experience growing up. Like my 
family built a house when I was about six years old. And that was really exciting. And I remember that. And I lived in that house most of my childhood. And I thought it was cool. And then when I was about 15, 16 years old, they built again. And so I just, as a kid, just grew up in new new homes. And so it was just a really exciting thing to me. And I always liked that. I just liked the idea of fresh, new, no one's ever been here. It's mine. You know, Jacob's going to be the guy that goes and drives by and walks around the new construction site every day. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I'm going, be, I'm going beyond that. I'm going next level. I'm going to make a time-lapse. I'm going to set up my camera. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to film this whole video project about it. Get drones. Like I'm going to, ha- yeah, it's going to be awesome. Ken, I go, where's my drone? I think Jacob I'm going the it. extra mile. Yeah. It's going to be like, Hey, there's a contractor there. Who is it? Oh, that's just so-and-so. Don't call the police. <laughs> Another reason why I want to build, though, is I have two more reasons. One other reason is because, you know, I haven't looked at enough other houses on the market yet. But when I start looking at when I start looking at some. I'm just like, this isn't this isn't what I want. Like, if I'm going to spend all this money and all these prices, like all these homes are so, so expensive. I don't know if I want to do that. Do you think it's the new and shiny thing to like? Do you buy do you buy cars new or do you buy them used? Um, I I will have a really Dig hard deep time. now. I don't buy new cars. No, okay. I don't feel good about. It. I I that's one of my things. I will not buy a new car, and not unless I have a ton of money and I can. But what if you're going to buy the new car and drive it for like ten years till it dies? I would rather buy a car that's like four years old, where the initial depreciating asset or depreciating has kind of like hit and it kind of plateaued. But at some point, it bottoms out too. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the car does or the price? Yeah. <laughs> yes, both. <laughs> both. Both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm, some of I'm more of a used cars, cars person. Collectible cars are actually more expensive now, even though they're very old and used. That's true. Valid. I'm just going to drive my truck till it's collectible. That requires somebody yeah. that this knows how to take care of them. We just keep driving our cars forever. How many miles do you have, Matt? 248. 248,000. Yeah, he wants 000. to make to 300. Do you check it every day? He's I mean, got goals. I just actually, I was just driving in. And I just made a mental note. It was two forty-eight. So yes, you check it every day. <laughs> oh, I was just I driving just it today, in the, and in I the made event a, that it does die, I want to know exactly what the mileage was that it died. So you can't you can't harass me about how often I check the price of Bitcoin if you're <laughs> checking the price of your mile on your car like that. Mm-hmm. Well, when you get over a certain mileage, you just have to keep checking anyway. He's just really proud. I know he is. He's, know. This is probably like thing. the third, fourth, fifth time mentioning it on the podcast, <laughs> Your the mileage of your truck. Yep. I'm not even kidding. He rubbed his dash and he was like, good job, girl. <laughs> I'm just like, you made on, it, old girl. You gotta girl. make another 100,000 miles. Like, no, oh, come just, on. You're just keeping track for the tax break, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I heard at 250, you get a free sub. Ooh, you buying? No, you just bring your car into Subway. <laughs> Look at my mileage. Just do a drive through Yeah, sure. <laughs> they just feel sorry for you or what? <laughs> I don't know. It's just what I heard. It's what I heard. If you get to 300, I'll, I'll make you a sub. Nice. Wow. It won't be nearly as good as... You're going to make me a sub? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got bread. I got Some bread. ingredients. Yeah. Sub bread, right? There you go. Italian. Well, we'll see what I got. <laughs> don't get cheap. <laughs> I got at the time. Luke, don't get cheap on him. Go all yeah. out with that sub. Okay. It's 300,000, okay. man. Yes. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah, but anything yeah. in my fridge, it's all, all on you. I think I'll pass. On there. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Matt got his truck new, and he just planned to drive it for three hundred thousand miles. That was his goal. 
So, and my truck, I did get new as well, and I figured I would drive it for at least 10 years. How many years are you at? Eight? I'll probably be able to drive it for longer than nine, that if it keeps running. Nine. So, we're those people. <laughs> yeah, that's how my wife is. Not me. So, anyway, back to real estate. Mm-hmm. Unless and I can buy it in cash, then sure, I'll buy Bitcoin. a brand new one. Mm-hmm. It'll happen. I know you're laughing now. <laughs> It'll happen. I know it will. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing with you, not at you. Thanks. <laughs> they can't see your face, but Matt just made a... I don't know how to describe that face. Big teeth face. I, I do edit this, so... Okay. <laughs> I thought we were live. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we are. All right. So, should we talk a little bit more about uh, buyer orientation, buyer consultation, maybe starting with some buyer agency stuff? These are a lot yeah. of big words. A lot of buyer agency, a lot of big words. So can I first ask before we dig into it, what mm-hmm. what, what does buyer agency mean? Yeah. Mr. Luke, talk well, to us. Buyer agency is what you'll want to establish with the realtor so that you can know that they're working for you throughout the home buying process. And um, when you get a buyer's agent, it gives you certain duties that you wouldn't get as if, if you were just using um, an agent's right offers. So I, I, I see it as a very advantageous thing for buyers to have buyer agency with the realtor because it just allows them to let the realtor work harder for them and uh, gives them the benefits and the duties that a realtor should be providing. So like what? Well, you have to, you really have to work on behalf of your clients. So if you, you don't have buyer price? agency, if you don't have buyer agency, it's not necessarily the responsibility of the agent to negotiate on your behalf. As a matter of fact, they're not necessarily allowed to negotiate on your behalf. Um, but with that buyer agency established, it's their duty to negotiate it to make sure you're getting the best prices, the best terms, everything possible, doing everything you can to make sure that your buyer is getting what he needs to get. I think that also falls into the area of just advising them whether it's the best price or not is a different question. But advising them on how yeah. to get that, what's the best way to get the house that they want to buy. Absolutely. More than, more so than just the price, more so than just economics. You're looking out for their interest too because it's about building a relationship with them. And as, as the more you do build that relationship, the more you understand what they're looking for. And it does become more than just a price thing. It allows you to work with them. And um, I mean, anything really that they want, you can look out for and try to try to achieve for them. It could be as easy as financing too. So Telling them to use the Bitcoin yeah. to buy their house or not. Or letting them know what they don't know that they probably should know. So I want to rewind for just a second here, just to get it all out there. Is it possible to buy a house without a buyer agent? Yes. Yes. And does that happen? Does that happen often? In this market, it really doesn't happen that often. Most people choose to have a buyer's agent, but you can choose to uh, just work with whatever, uh, like the listing agent. And in that case, the listing agent would be usually a seller sub agent. So that means that they're working for the seller. and uh, But they can also um, write up that offer, but they would be working for the seller's interest. So when you say, hey, you know, what should I offer? They're going to say, well, the list price is, and they'll tell you the list price because that's all that they can do. And for the buyer's agent, I think you're actually pulling the comparable sales and then advising them that way instead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And f- I mean, from the perspective of a buyer, buyer's agent, it doesn't cost them anything. It's actually a free service and it's paid for by the seller. So it's really in their best interest to actually try to go and get a buyer agency with a realtor they trust. I think we br- you said that uh, you just blew over that. And I think it's worth slowing down and repeating that because I, I feel like a lot of people don't understand that. I feel like they feel like uh, 
oh, if I buy a buyer, if I have a buyer agent, they're going to take my money or they're going to, or it's going to increase the price of the house to compensate now that I have this person, I have to, I have this mouth I have to feed. Mm -hmm. So can you explain a little bit more about how is it that if you're buying a home that your agent is free? Is that what you said, right? It's free. Absolutely. So the, the buyer's agent is paid when out of the commission from the seller and only paid at closing. So the buyer's agent is working for the buyer and they only do get their paycheck once they can ensure that their buyer's needs are met, which happens at or after closing. And it does it doesn't cost anything because well the buyers aren't paying for that it's not a service that they're paying for um, they're just contracting the realtor to work on their behalf and then the realtor is then enabled to take that commission split from the seller that the seller is usually offering. And so if the you don't have a buyer agent, does that just mean that the selling agent just gets paid double? No, actually, well the the it could. It could, it could. It's the, whatever's in their contract. It's, yeah, it depends on, because you could write, you could write as a buyer's agent, you could write, or as a realtor, you could write on behalf of a buyer, not as their agent, still claiming that commission. But then again, that buyer isn't going to be receiving the services and negotiation and that the, the personal aspect of the relationship that would be contained in a buyer agency. So if, if the seller agent doesn't get paid double, essentially, because they don't have to split it, where is that extra money? Like, who keeps that extra money? The listing agent. If no one asked, yeah, if no one asked for it, it's going to the listing agent. So that if the listing agent has the listing, and then they write as a seller sub agent with the buyer, then they would get the full six percent or Again, whatever the commission is. Depends on what's in their contract. Mm-hmm. So, so like from a seller selling agent's perspective, you're kind of like crossing your fingers, like no buyer agent, no <laughs> buyer agent, I get double pay, right? It's really hard though. It's 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 hard to get that in this market or in this. I shouldn't say just this market. It's the market meaning our service area because most of the time, because there's so many agents out there working on behalf of their buyers, so you typically have you'll mm-hmm. have a buyer's agent. Involved. Buyer agency is really popular in Dane County and the surrounding areas for sure. All right, should we dive a little bit into the home buying process? You ready? Oh, boy. All right. So uh, the first part on our, we have a handy-dandy 10-step to buy a home chart. First step is save your down payment. You guys want to talk about that a little bit? Jacob, you saving your down payment? Well, let me check the price of Bitcoin right now. (laughs) (laughs) You want to finance your house, your new construction with Bitcoin? I think your lender will let you do that. Please do. Uh, we can have a podcast about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. Well, obviously, with the down payment, you want to make sure that you, when you do find a house you want to buy, you want to make sure you can afford it. So saving up for a down payment is that first step you want to take to ensure that when you can start looking for houses, and then when you do find a house that works for you, you have the money to put in an offer. You need 20%? You don't necessarily need 20%. No, there are programs out there. Um, it can go as low as 5% or three 3.5%, I believe, if you're using FHA. Um, it just depends on the situation. And then obviously the lenders will require different things as far as like the appraisal throughout the transaction. Um, so those come into play, but it's, it's not, some people think it's 20%. You need 20% for the down payment on a home. That's not always the case. A lot of times you can get a conventional with, um, I mean, a lot of times you can just save up for 10% and that works too, but it, it, it really depends. I think you can get a conventional loan for as low as 3% with some people. Mm-hmm. with some lenders and then if you happen to be a veteran or you're going to be doing a rural development loan and moving into a smaller community you can get 
no down payment loans. It's almost so. like I don't think you need, it's in this market it's hard to save fast enough. So if you can get a a loan and buy a house at 3% down, then you you'd think with it a year if this keeps going, you'd make more in uh equity. value the property than you would have just saved trying to save for it. Well, let me tell you another benefit of why I'm thinking of building too. Because that just gives me more time to save for my down payment. You know, I lock it in now. I'm like, yeah, I want to build a house. Now I have a whole year of just chunking away, building up that down payment. Are we actually talking about savings or talking about Bitcoin? (laughs) Well, no, honestly, a lot of the savings that I've calculated, it's just my own, you know, savings. Like just money I earn, throw it in the bank. And then after a year of doing that, um, I should have a good chunk of change. And I'm trying to, I mean, if we're, we, I don't want this podcast to be completely about Bitcoin, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying really hard not to tap into my Bitcoin at all. I'm trying. And I think that if I were to buy a house today, I think I'd have to. But if I'm buying a house in a year, um, if I just keep saving cash and I don't have to pay today, you know, I think I could. But also I'm not in a, I'm not. I think having the price locked in with a builder for a year is huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I know, long it takes I know what house. it is. I got a whole year to figure it out. I think when you're going to buy a house, I mean, you got to know what your budget is from, from the top and you got to have that money ready to go. Mm-hmm. So once you have the money ready to go, know your credit score. How does that come into play y'all? What are you looking at me for? Did you like the y'all? I'm still bringing y'all. back Dolly Parton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it is important to know your credit score, and it's and the next the next. <laughs> I thing thought you were going to say it is important to remember Dolly Parton. <laughs> well, obviously, it's very important to remember Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton, I, Dolly Parton, I remember you. Just in case you're watching again. Um, <laughs> but yes, know your credit score because um, what you're going to want to thank you, thank you, thank you. See, this really is a Dolly Parton shame show. I told, I told you. Love you, Luke. Thank you, thank you. Like I said, might turn into a super fan. We'll see on that. But <laughs> one of the other things you're going to need to do um, before you do find your home, and it's always smart to do, is to get pre-qualified. And um, what what a lot of times you want to do is talk to a lender, and they will pull your credit. They'll go through some of uh, your, your details, your income, that kind of thing. Um, but what that allows you to do is to kind of, establish a budget of prices for homes that you're looking for and it lets you narrow down your search a little bit but also in a market like this especially sellers are really going to want to see that you have that pre-approval and that you can afford the home that you're putting an offer in so um, you want to get that you want to get a pre-approval pre-qualified so that when you're looking at homes you find one you find your dream home you're ready to make an offer on it because a lot of times what happens is people are out searching they're searching for homes they see one they're like okay I want to write on this um, I love that but house. They, they don't have, they can't because if they submit an offer without pre-approval letter, the seller's just going to say no. I mean, you don't have a, you don't have the funds, you don't have the proof of funds. I'm sorry. So that's a definitely an important step in, in path the pathway to home ownership. I'd say. Mm-hmm. I heard a good thing today that it was kind of like uh, applying for a job in this market right now, but there's a lot of people that are all applying for the same job. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that Mm pre-approval letter, it's kind of like having no good resume and you're just going to get overlooked Mm -hmm. and they're going on to the next. So when I got pre-approved, it was like such a huge relief of stress and the worry of like, 
are my finances in order? Can I do this? What can I afford? All these questions I've always wondered because I just didn't know. Um, and that isn't something you can kind of get a rough idea if you tell a lender and they can kind of like, well, that's probably what it is. But, you know, if you are wrong about your own numbers, you know, then you don't really know. Uh, so I, I do have to say that if you're if you're out in, out there looking for a house, um, go get that pre-approval and that will set the foundation for everything of where you're what you're looking to do because you know you know your your walls you're like i this is my limit and this is what i can do this is what i can't do or they might say you're not really ready yet to buy a house i found that interesting i you know from perspective wise you know i forgot what it was like to be a first time buyer but when you said that i, I kind of laughed inside a little bit <laughs> it's okay to laugh no i was laughing with you oh, oh, maybe, okay. maybe maybe a little bit at you it's but right. it's that you forget sometimes i mean we've been doing this for a little while uh, but you forget sometimes what it was like as first-time buyers at the process you had to go through. But, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of process, too. Maybe not for some people, but at least for me, I, well, I work for a real estate team. So if, assuming I didn't work for a real estate, real estate team, for me to pick up the phone and call a realtor to actually be like, I want to buy a house right now, like, that's a lot. It's like there's, a, like, a lot of anxiety behind just doing that. I mean, that's a big thing. So that yeah. pre-approval is like a magic piece of paper. <laughs> it is. Magic. Well, it really, it really just makes it easier for all the parties involved as, as a realtor, as a buyer's agent with the buyer working with. It lets you know what your, what your buyer's capabilities are for buying a house. So you can search for homes that fit their range. You're not searching for homes that are out of their price range. And for the, from the sell side, too, it gives the seller confidence that the buyer who writes an offer can fulfill that financing contingency. So it really does benefit and makes the process easier for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. So the next part is finding the real estate agent that you want to work with. So that kind Home of com com. comes back around <laughs> to slash Luke Depre. buyer's <laughs> agency. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless <laughs> plugs left and right here, everybody. That was pretty Home good. For you dot it's 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 Luke dot Home Team for you dot com. Luke dot Home Team for you dot com. Yeah, it's yeah. a subdomain. Can you say it again? What was it again? <laughs> Luke dot Home Team for you dot com. Okay, absolute shameless plug. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Get in there. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, when you're looking for real estate agents, what would you do if you didn't work for a real estate team, Jacob? I would submit my job application to get a job working for a real estate <laughs> team. <laughs> <laughs> and then study everything Best about the industry. Com. <laughs> um, well, now that I work here and I have some, I, before I wouldn't, I would have no idea. You know, I, what I hear is a lot of people is like, well, I know a friend. Um, mm. But if you want to find a good uh, realtor, reviews are the way to go. And if you go on Zillow, um, you can see reviews of a billion realtors and other. There's other sites too. Zillow's the big one. Mm -hmm. But look on there, read what people say, and kind of see what works for you. But and um, one thing I would say, arguably the most important when you are looking for a realtor, the most important thing to look for is the ability to have a good relationship with them. Because when you are buying a home, which will likely be your largest asset purchase you ever make, there's a lot of things that you're looking for. There's a lot of needs and interests that you have. And to have someone that you can kind of develop that relationship with and they can keep those needs in mind, they know what to look out for for you, that is, that's invaluable because mm -hmm. that's, that's, why, that's where the relationship comes into play. And I think a lot of people kind of overlook that. They just want, they just want the best realtor, but it's really about having a good relationship with your realtor and um, them understanding you and your needs. Yeah. What I, makes a good realtor? 
Did I just did I just not explain what makes a good realtor? <laughs> what else makes a good realtor? Well, market knowledge. The I mean, experience obviously. Experience, yeah. yeah. What? Nothing. It's talking to Luke. I think it's a big part of its communication. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. communication. That's actually is probably huge. the biggest part. Mm-hmm. I thought you were so going to say experience. If Jacob calls me and I ignore him, which I might, um, <laughs> <laughs> then he he's not going to want to work never, with me. Never, Jacob. It's because you just throw stuff at my at me in my office. <laughs> Sad face. <laughs> But I think Nobody that's. Nobody can uh, ignore Jacob. I think that's the biggest part. And so I think that comes. That, that kind of goes hand both, in hand. Yeah, it goes yes, both ways too. Because, because it goes both ways because you have the buyer telling you what they want and mm-hmm. their communication both ways between the agent and the buyer. Right. Yeah. Sometimes no. the buyer doesn't tell you what they want because they don't know. So it's a lot of people <laughs> seem to Jake. think that realtors are kind of like order takers, but it's not that way. We're trying yeah. to figure out and kind of help people get to where they want to be when they really don't know. Cause a lot of people start with, I'm buying a ranch home in Stoughton and then they end up, you know, with a tri-level in Verona. So there's quite a windy process when it comes to real estate that people don't necessarily understand. Yeah, I agree. And, and we are representing our buyer's interests. We, we are, we do what they want us to do, but also coming with that role is sometimes we have to be an educator and guide them through the process. And as, as that process goes on, we identify some needs that they might not think they have or think they need that we can kind of show them, Hey, this might work for you. This might be a better option for you. And as that develops, I think, I think that that's what makes a good realtor. So in your guys' experience, um, how often does this kind of scenario lay out where somebody calls up, I'm interested in buying a home. Um, but what they tell you, the first conversation is completely different than really where, they, a lot. where they ended up. A lot. Yeah. So let me flip the question. How often is it like, I want this and then they get this? Does that happen often. a lot? Not, Not as often. Lot. Yeah. It, it used to be kind of a, a thing that I would say, people would say, I don't want this. And that would be what they would end up buying. Like they would say, I do not want a ranch home. I grew up in a ranch home. That's I'm never, ever, ever. They will buy a ranch home. Why? Why would they do that? It's really well, strange. As as Jen has taught me mm-hmm. uh, since my time with Home Team for You, the process changes expectation. Perception. perception. Yep. Yep. Process changes perception. Process, yep. changes, process perception. changes perception. So she didn't teach you well enough. <laughs> <laughs> Still love you, Lou. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I, what did I say? He basically Expect- said the same thing. Oh. But yeah, the process changes well, perception. Gonna, yeah, we'll go with that. We'll same thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> just as people keep going in the process, they start to change like where they're at and what's going on and what's coming at them. And well, it could just they be, pivot. It could just be like Jen, when we bought our first house, all she wanted was a dishwasher. Yeah. We didn't get a dishwasher. I, w- I wanted a dishwasher and a garage, a one-car one, garage. We got a one-car garage. We didn't get detached. a yeah. So that sometimes changes what people buy too is what they once they start looking, okay, I can get this for this amount or I can get this for that amount. Mm-hmm. So that's well, sometimes also again, that changes perception. You wanted to live in certain areas, but the houses that were in the certain areas that Matt wanted to live in, they needed a lot of work. So we opted to live in city not as much in Matt's happy land, but in a really cute house. Happy land. Yeah. So Without saying any city names. So, yeah. All right. So we went over getting the pre-approval. That's technically the next step. And then going shopping. So getting Ooh. out. That's the fun part. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that can definitely be the fun part. You get At out. At first. Yeah. I feel like it can get frustrating in this market, too. 
Yeah, different people shop different. Some people, it's really great to get out and see as many houses as they can. And other people, if you see five houses at once, it would just totally be overwhelming. So you have to kind of know. I don't want to see too many houses. And I can look at a bajillion. (laughs) So (laughs) well-matched we are. (laughs) Maybe a while. I feel like I'm on team. Give me less. Yes. Because then I get overwhelmed. Well, because then I start picking, analyzing everything. Like, well, that hallway was a foot thinner than the other one. And I don't know. It's just. But that's, that's totally changed in the last, you know, 10 years with all the online sites right. like Zillow or Realtor.com right. or whatever it might be. People go shopping and figure out what they like online mm-hmm. and then they make the appointment. So it does shorten that time span from the time they first look at houses to closing. Mm-hmm. I, I remember showing couples, yeah. you know, houses for years before they found something years because there was nothing online that they could look at so we had to go look at the house i was thinking that, the that was frust- before the internet i was thinking the frustration <laughs> also how old are you remember that luke before internet no he doesn't bi <laughs> back when dolly was really that's, popular that's a universe that i am not familiar with <laughs> that's just crazy do you remember aol Were you I, a- I i i know what aol is do you remember it's- dial-up no, no dial-up. Really? You never had dial-up? No. God, I am older than I than I realized. Or I'm just younger older. than you think. No, I know how <laughs> young you are. You are just, that makes you just older then. Yeah, crazy. Mm-hmm. Huh. Just wait, it gets worse, Jacob. And then, your, <laughs> then your mom would uh, would pick up the phone and then yeah, you would lose internet. Line, yeah. Did your parents have like a phone attached to the wall? Yes, we had we had one of those. Did you have one that dialed? Yes. A little rotary? Mm-hmm. You did not. Wait, dial. Oh, yeah, we had to ring it, go yeah, around. Yeah. No, it was like it was attached to the wall, but it had it had the push buttons, buttons on it. it. Had the cord, <laughs> the cord. Yeah, Ooh, I mean, cord. we don't even yeah, we don't even cord. have a home. We might have a home phone, but I have not heard it ring in a very long time. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure <laughs> it's, it's not still plugged in. <laughs> it's Let's just for call. looks. <laughs> we should call it. Yeah. Do you, do you guys um, have a home phone? No. Yeah. We got rid of it a long time ago. Actually, it's kind of funny. It's one of the things I'm clearing out now. Is all the old technology and including the old phones. With Matt has a phones. box full of all of his old technology that's going to make him rich someday. No, it's good. We used to have a sweet phone. Center. It was a it was a Lamborghini. And when someone calls, the Lamborghini would pop open and then the phone was inside. Are you kidding me? It's pretty dope. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, we did. It wasn't no. our primary phone, but yeah, we had it we had a <laughs> we had a bar in the basement and that was like in the bar is like the cool phone at the bar. <laughs> Oh no! Yes, yes, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> Remember oh. the phones that used to have the show the insides of it, like yeah. all the electronics and stuff. I had an phone. alarm clock like that. It was pretty sweet. I still Luke's have that. Totally somewhere. lost. I, I was, I was literally about uh, what? You're like guts of a phone. <laughs> what? Of a phone. An alarm clock. It was like clock? a clear. It was a clear case. Not that kind of phone. An That's actual, what I was about it's to actually say. A real like, phone. How no, no, you see like the, like yeah. the one hanging on like your wall. Trans, <laughs> like a transparent. Translucent. Translucent. Yeah. So like your phone. The plastic's clear. Yeah. Yeah. That's like you have home except it's that seems same. like it'd be visually unappealing. Maybe not. I don't know. I wouldn't know, obviously. It's fancy. <laughs> they had Game Boys like that for a while. I have seen pictures of phones that are like <laughs> insanely big that I don't I don't know how anyone could even pick those things up. So when I was obviously big. before my time. When I was growing up, we could dial four digits to get to our house. Wow. He was what? on a party line. What, what was you your keep number? Getting older. What was your number? Three four five two. Wow. So four digits. What? Yeah. You had a four-digit phone number? Because it was it was my, whoever lived like within whatever distance, it was a four-digit number. So three, four, five, two, dialed like our my, house. I feel and like my grandparents didn't even have that. <laughs> <laughs> 
not that old, Jacob. Uh, but then the, <laughs> but I mean, the, he was on a family farm, so it was. But it was a mile. It was a mile or so away. But also, wow. my aunt. It was the same thing. My aunt was the same. Whatever their number was, it was a four-digit number. They had a century farm, so I mean, they'd been in that space for a while. Maybe they just didn't uh, get on the actual. I, don't know, I think it was just maybe it was just the that local uh, that vicinity or whatever. I was going to say how many town of Oakland. How many people can you actually call when you know the phone number? They didn't are have a lot digits. of friends. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's just not that many people. <laughs> Oh, Interesting. all right. Next step, make an offer. So that's a big part of the process. That could yes. be a whole podcast. I know. I'm we don't have say. to really super dive into that, but it's, that's a. Jacob, make an offer. Yeah. Press hard, three copies. Yeah. I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do. Jacob, uh, help, help. Panic. Help. Panic. <laughs> don't panic. We yeah. have a whole nother form for that. All so. I know is like whatever the listing price is in today's market, that ain't the offer. It's going to be a little bit oh, more. Somebody was talking the other day about whatever the list price is at 20%, then you're pretty close. Yeah. That just blows true. my mind. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Next uh, on the sheet, and it can depend, but in this, in this market, it's a little different. Get a home inspection. Well, yeah, a home inspection, it, it, it definitely saves you a lot of pain on the back. And as a buyer, you just want the confidence to know that the home you're buying is safe and that ev- all the everything in it is safe. And But as we were saying, you know, sometimes in a competitive market, it's it's in the buyer's best interest to waive the home inspection so that actually you have a chance of getting to the house. And you're seeing offers come in that have no, they have no home inspection just because there's so much competition. People are saying, well, I mean, I guess I'll take my risk if I if it means I have a chance of getting this home. So it's, it's definitely a comfort level. Yeah, very much so. Because if you think about it, a home warranty does not guarantee nothing will go wrong with the house. But it's a comfort level of upfront knowing what they might have to deal with on the, on the front side. You know, when, when I did a showing recently with my wife, I think I might have mentioned this on a podcast, but to all you new listeners out there, my wife was very... Um, concerned about the idea of skipping a home inspection i mean if you think about it you're buying the biggest thing in your life but you're not even having someone go in and check to make sure everything's kind of in working order and that's kind of um seems pretty crazy but it also seems like that's what the market demands because there's enough people willing to forego it um you know last week when we had roger on the show he had a piece of advice that i really liked and he was like you know if you look around the house and they have it pretty, you know, in work, like it feels nice and clean and it looks like they, they did a good job, you know, maintaining the house and um, you, you get a good vibe of what the house is like. It's probably pretty close to what the home inspector is going to find, you know. If you find that there's some issues with the house and things are falling apart, then the home inspector might find some things. So right. as much as a home inspector can find things, it could also just be a, a vibe thing too that gives anybody peace of mind. I think it is a comfort level too. Cause I mean, a first time buyer like yourself, you know, they may not know what to look for where we've bought and sold enough houses personally that I'm pretty comfortable unless it's falling down. I'm pretty comfortable with most of the things. I, we actually, well, I bought a house that Matt looked at that I never looked at. I just trusted him and we bought it. Which one is that? <laughs> the house, uh, the one that you flipped. Oh, yeah. I don't, did you look at any of the flip houses? Well, that one I didn't. He's like, we're buying a house. I just <laughs> signed a contract. 
So there you go. That was not your first house. No, that was not <laughs> our first house. I mean, we weren't going did to we have live an inspection in it. Of it the first house, though. I don't think we did. Because I think no, we, we did we've not. only had an inspection of all the things we bought. I think that we did an inspection on the lake house and the cabin. Mm-hmm. I think there's only two. Now, mm-hmm. if you would have done a home inspection, they would have told you there's no dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first house, so we did an inspection on that one. Yeah. So yep. for for you guys, was it a comfort level thing? What what made you get the home inspection on some of your properties, but not the others? One was because the first one was a log house, um, and I didn't know a whole lot about. Actually, I saw I noticed some things on the outside that I wanted to have an inspection inspector verify. The lake house, I think Jen just made me do that one. Yeah, I made him do that one. But our very first house, the lady had lived in it for ever. ever. And I mean, she took really great care of it. I mean, we hardly had any issues with that <laughs> Except property. for the washing machine that died after we moved in. Oh, yeah, the washing machine did <laughs> die, original, but it, they were brown. Wash, they were from like 1960. Was it dry? No, it was a washing machine, right? Yeah. Yeah, we uh, moved in and it died. Yeah, all of our kitchen appliances were brown. So that can tell you how old they were. But we sold blue. it with the same appliances in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Brown's a color. Yeah, but brown was <laughs> in a <laughs> long a time color. ago. That was <laughs> before Harvest color. Cold uh. and, um, yeah, mustard. Is it mustard? Toilets are blue. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Bath was blue. Did so it come there. with that furry top thing? No, <laughs> no. There, th- there actually better, was though. no shower in the tub. There was just a tub without a shower. And oh, wow. they installed a shower down in the basement. And one time I was down there taking a shower and a bird got like came down the <laughs> chimney and like got in the furnace and like uh, made this bomb like noise. <laughs> and I grabbed my robe. I'm just like, something bad happened. Yeah. So just hit it with a towel. Yeah. Uh, no. So. That bird was a goner. Homeowner problems. Yeah, yeah, it was. All right, next on our list is get a home appraisal. What's a home appraisal, Mr. Luke? Well, you want to make sure the property that you're paying for is actually worth what you're paying for it. So appraisal is uh, basically a lender's way of ensuring that uh, the property that they're backing actually is worth what what is on the offer. So um, a lot of times what we'll see, especially in this market, is that the offers are going so high over list price that the appraisal isn't actually going to get to the point of what uh, the buyers are offering. So um, a lot of times, like along with the home inspection, they'll, like the home inspection, they might be willing to waive it with the appraisal. They might be willing to say, hey, well, if the appraisal comes back low, then we don't care. We'll, we'll cover the gap and we'll pay for it anyway. So uh, appraisal essentially is just a way for the bank to make sure that the property is worth what you're paying for it. But a lot of times, especially in a competitive market, it, it doesn't become as relevant of a factor. So if you're paying all cash, you don't need an appraisal. Not as necessary because the lender, the, the lenders would like to see that the more the house they're backing with their mortgage is worth what they what you're paying for. So in case of default, they can turn around and sell it, and they're not at a loss. Mm-hmm. But yep, cash you don't necessarily need an appraisal. Some folks will do one just because they want to make sure that the value's there. That's a different kind of contingency, but you don't see that that much. Wouldn't it be nice if you could just have the appraisal come in before you? did all the offers and everything and like somebody could just be like this is how much the home is worth i don't care what the seller thinks it's worth like from the get-go if occasionally only they weren't well, occasionally arbitrary. you do see that though if it's uh, like a an estate maybe mm-hmm. so the family of an estate maybe just get a appraisal like one appraisal for the family to see mm-hmm. and 
the seller then can decide to share that or just share it with us. But if they um, shared it, is there a way to verify they're telling the truth? It's a cert- it's a certified appraiser from yeah. an appraiser. So, so a lot of times, if you if you're going to get an appraisal to try and price a house, you would get like three appraisals and you'd average them together because appraisals can also vary. Mm. So just getting an appraisal doesn't mean that that's uh, this is exactly what you're going to get when you put it on the market because there's variability. So, so here's what I want: market value. I want I want to change the laws so that you get your three <laughs> appraisals or whatever it takes to. F- you get that certified third-party person to find out the value of the house, and then you pop that up online next on Zillow. And when you're hopping around on Zillow looking at houses, you can see how much the house is worth. But what determines market value? What somebody will pay for it. Yeah, but the, then what is the point of the appraisal? The appraisal is to keep the market from tanking, <laughs> from for the banks. <laughs> the bank for losing money. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, I'm saying you can still, uh, you know, pay higher than the appraisal or whatever, but then there's no trickery or anything. It's like that's the appraisal is going to come into this value. Like, don't you think that would impact how you decide to uh, how much you want to pay or give you some confidence that. But the only issue with that is that, OK, you get your appraisal. That's what you want to pay for it. I may say, well, I'm willing to pay more. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fine, but at least and now you, you lost. So now, so now, what do you use for the appraisal for it? We'll just keep. We'll just keep going. No, I'm out. saying like the seller should have an appraisal come through before listing. Okay, right. so you and I are bidding on the same house. The seller has her. Jen has her appraisal, mm-hmm. and you and I. And I, I really is, like it. And, yeah, and you well, and I. Then you pay more. And we find out what Jen's appraisal is. Yeah, and then you offer what the appraised value was, and I know that, but I want the house, so I'm going to pay more. Yeah, I get that. No, I I get that. I just feel like you're not winning this one. Fine. Just, <laughs> one dollar, Bob. One dollar. Yeah, one dollar over. Mm-hmm. It just it just seems weird that you have to place a bid on a home first, and then you then you backtrack to make sure that the house is in reason of Appraisals what you're paying. Take a lot of time. That's I mean, you need usually at least a couple weeks to do mm-hmm. an appraisal. So maybe that's the they kind of slow down the process. And the catch is just it's it has nothing to do with what you think the value is. They, the bank just wants to know what they're lending is worth what the offer was. Right. So it doesn't have anything to do with what you want to pay for it. Mm-hmm. No, I get, I, I get that ish. Ish. <laughs> but also, I don't know. It's it kind of like gives Bitcoin. You, gives thing. you a little bit more confidence. That it's like, okay, so fine. You're willing to pay more for the price of the house than what the appraisal came in as, but the lender is not going to, you know, lend you that. So, so you have happens. to just have some cash laying around yep. to Make cover the difference. The difference. Yep. So... You, you could know that from the beginning. You're like, well, I know I really want this house, so I have $10,000 laying around extra that I know the house isn't actually worth. So there's no guessing game. So when you become game. president. Jacob for president of the world. president of the world. Yeah, that sounds I, pretty good. Yeah, I'll, I'll be president of the world for <laughs> president of the United States. You, president of the United States gets a lot of flack. I think if, if you're if president you of the world. world different. <laughs> You're the president of the world. world. I think, I don't know, you can give me all the flack you want. You could self-declare yourself as president of Bitcoin. (laughs) No, that goes to Satoshi Nakamoto. (laughs) Is that you? Could be. Doge is alias. Could be. Mm -hmm. All right, so after the appraisal, we have a closing, right? That's the fun part. Yeah. What happens at closing, Matt? Get keys. Sign docs. Done. So that's where all of the paperwork kind of gets finalized. Mm-hmm. If there's a mortgage previously, it gets paid off and recorded, and uh, you're able to get your keys, right? Yep. 
in an ideal situation, wraps everything up in a nice tight bow, and uh, sellers and buyers are ready to go part ways. And then that duty of the record, agent is done. Are we going to record Jacob when he's closing when he has one? Yeah. We're going to be live, Facebook I'm Live. I'm going to cry. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're definitely doing <laughs> Facebook Live. <laughs> now, I, I've already, I I've already planned out you. my picture of like <laughs> my new house picture <laughs> with, yeah. with me standing in front of it. I'm going to have a Bitcoin hat on. Oh, no. <laughs> Paid in part with Bitcoin. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Maybe I won't touch my crypto. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I got this did. planned out. What, I happens after, what happens after you sign your docs and get your keys? What, Matt? I don't know. Get to move in. Pay mortgage. <laughs> yep. Next is moving in. So you get to move in and uh, get to know your house and live and life. Get to know your house. Yep. <laughs> hey well, house. it's true. When you get into Hi a house, house, things, Hello, house, things are different. Remember when we moved into... Um, no. Was it Richmond Hill? Or Cottage Grove. We moved in and we went to take the first shower and it was cold because our water heater wasn't hooked up right. And we were like, we bought a lemon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Yeah, I do because I was like, You were probably ah! the one in the shower. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was the one in Richmond, Richmond Hill. Because it was new construction probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they just forgot to hook it up. And I'm like, how did you miss that? But mm-hmm. Little things, little things. But yeah, so that kind of runs through what the buying process is and kind of a general way right yeah and it i mean it can seem complicated but it's not always as complicated as one thinks it might be but also that's that's why uh, you know having a good realtor comes into play because they guide you through these processes they guide you through all these steps to make sure that you know what you need to know and that you're uh, doing everything correctly so how do you feel about that jacob um i'm feeling more and more confident as the as days goes on as the longer i work for real <laughs> in real estate look at his swagger <laughs> now helps. But, um, yeah, I, you know, honestly, uh, uh, the biggest confidence booster, it really goes back to that pre-approval step. Oh, I thought it was me. <laughs> well, I, you know what? You guys, you guys are actually quite, um, give me a lot of confidence too, you know, cause when you talk about having trust with a realtor, you know, I trust Matt and Jen because if they screw me over. Sucker. There will be hell to pay. <laughs> so I can trust I can trust what they're gonna say. Um, so it's it's it is it is a huge stress reliever because I know I have a I have another third party like kind of talking a little bit of facts in my ear that I otherwise just would have to um, figure out on my own. You have a third and fourth party. I do. It's great. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm spoiled. <laughs> That's <laughs> super good. spoiled. Yeah, we'll take care of you. Yeah. You're good. All right. Well, so that is pretty much the buying process, buying orientation. So if somebody is listening and they're thinking, hey, this might be something that I would be interested in jumping into, please reach out and uh, we're happy to set up a time to meet and chat and kind of go through this process with you because it's individual for everybody because everybody has different finances, different living situations, all of those kinds of things. What's that website, Luke? I was... uh, Beat me to it. I was just about to say, Dolly Partner, if you're ever looking to move into the Madison area, luke.hometeamforyou.com. Thank you. I, I got you. Luke's got you. Thanks, Dolly. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Luke. If you're looking to buy or sell real estate in South Central Wisconsin, you know who to call. Home Team, the number four, the letter U.com. All right.
See you later, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.